Well, good afternoon, Faith family. I'm Matthew Enoch. I'm here with Dan Herbster, one of the elders here at the church. Uh, This is our first time back with post-sermon discussions since March. So uh, we'll be doing this for a few months until Adventure Club kicks back up. Um, But we just wanted to talk about today's sermon, talk about uh, some of the things that stood out to us. And uh, Dan, I'm going to be asking you some questions. Today was the first time that I can recall that we had both a baptism, we had two baptisms, and the Lord's table, so both ordinances in the same service. What did that mean to you today? Yeah, it really was a neat opportunity to see both of the two ordinances that Christ commands His church to continue to do, along with two of the most important activities that we do together as uh, as a body on Sundays, listen to the preached word and uh, praise the Lord together through uh, congregational singing, through one voice. So it really was an illustration. It was an opportunity to talk about how uh, baptism is just a picture of salvation, but it doesn't actually save. And it's a picture of our being cleansed upon our faith of in Christ. And it was great to welcome uh, the favors into um, church membership through baptism. And then at, at the end of the service, uh, great uh, to have the Lord's table and again talk about how ingesting a piece of uh, bread or some juice does not save you, doesn't give you grace, but is a beautiful picture of the death of Christ for sin, opportunity for us to examine ourselves. And as Kyle says, it's an object lesson. It's a visual proclamation of the gospel uh, as well. So it was great to have those two ordinances and then another powerful sermon where uh, Kyle preached Christ from the Old Testament. Um, and we'll talk later about the, the gospel implications and then uh, just congregational singing uh, as well. But I know you and Kyle put uh, a lot of thought into how we structure the services here. I'd love to hear more about just kind of some of the the, the philosophy behind how we do our services here. Yeah, so uh, uh, frankly, because we plan so far out in advance, a lot of times we don't actually get the opportunity to uh, I know what the, the passage is going to be, but I don't always know which angle Kyle's going to take. So when I choose songs, I'm choosing them sort of blindly. We, now we do them, there is a, a method to it. We, we try to represent the gospel with, with our song choices and with the order of, of service. Uh, I've been just blown away by how, um, how God has used those, those decisions that I would have never, like I would have never chosen uh, you know, one song here or, or, or there. And then it just lines up. Like, I didn't know we were going to have a baptism until Monday. And the songs had already been chosen long before. And to do Jesus Paid It All mm. right after two baptisms, I just thought that was so yeah. wonderful. And we that, that, wasn't, that wasn't planned. So uh, I can't really take any credit for, for how, how just perfectly all of that fit today. But Now, we're um, not going to claim that our service order is inspired, but... No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Second uh, Samuel 13... It's a hard text. Mm. That's a hard story. Um, I was talking to someone out here after the service, and uh, uh, they said they'd never read that before, and it was just totally new to them. And wow, mm-hmm. what an introduction! That's to, in the Bible, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what what stood out to you today in today's sermon? Oh man, well there there's so many uh, uh, great truths. It was just packed full uh, of truth and practical. I guess two things that really jump out to me uh, before we get to you know the gospel implications. One, just the deceitfulness of sin. Um, that came through a couple different ways. One, just how uh, Amnon convinced himself that his lust was really love. 
And, and that is just one, that is a big area of sin in our world today, always has been, of course, but um, always just sexual sin and how people try to explain it away. Either we self-justify it or we as a culture try to minimize it, um, but it is deceitful and it's, mm-hmm. it destroys people, uh, whether consensual or in this case, non-consensual. It is just a, um, a, a terrible uh, plague and we need to, to make sure we understand what the Bible says uh, about that. But sin is deceitful. You also see that in the terrible friend there who gives terrible advice. I believe the truth was the voice of the serpent in the garden can come through our friends. Mm. That has huge implications for peer pressure. You know, whether uh, we're kids in school dealing with peer pressure, young soldiers in the army, anybody at the workplace, in their neighborhood, uh, any peers, um, uh, or on the in the day of the internet where we can go out and literally find any advice that we want that will make us uh, feel good about the choices that we already want to make. Um, he, he is that guy. He is like, you know, reaching out there to try to find advice that will help us get what we want and uh, uh, instead of what we really need, which is the truth of what God has said and revealed uh, in his holy word. So the deceitfulness of sin, we need to all mm-hmm. constantly be on guard against that, and we need the truth so we can combat the, the lies of the devil. And then uh, it just what really hit me personally is I'm about to be a father in February. I guess technically I already am. I believe that I already am a father. But like, I'm really going to have a chance to parent here uh, beginning at the end of February with our daughter. And just, just especially how a passive father uh, can, can lead to so many uh, problems. A refusal to discipline or a refusal to acknowledge sin or deal with sin mm-hmm. uh, biblically, whether in my own heart or in the lives of my child or, or that kind of thing. Um, it's just a great reminder of the serious uh, yet joyful responsibility I'm going to have to to parent a little one, and how I need to just acknowledge my own sinfulness, but not let that stop me uh, talking to my children about mm-hmm. sin as well and its implications. And of course, the ultimate answer, pointing them to Christ, the ultimate answer for our sin, whether that's stealing a toy and disobeying mom and dad, or one of the the horrendous sins that we see uh, we saw in the passage today. Yeah. Something that, that stood out to me, and it, it ties in with what you're saying, uh, David's passivity, Kyle talked about how uh, a lot of that was rooted in the fact that, that David himself had committed a similar mm-hmm. sin. And, uh, you know, as, as a father of a boy myself, mm-hmm. he's, he's, you know, one year, he's a year old, and we're kind of like, he's kind of getting to that point where we're like, okay, there's, there's some real discipline that needs to, he doesn't understand it at all. But like it's it's making me think a lot today. Today's passage made me think a lot about that uh, process of like working in you know the, the kind of discipline that mm-hmm. makes sense for for a one year old. Um, but a lot of it begins with me, and it begins with my my personal purity and my personal uh, obedience to to the scriptures. Uh, because when when Kyle talks about um, how the consequences of sin uh, don't aren't just erased because Jesus died for those sins and, and praise God that he did. Mm. But that doesn't mean the consequences are, are erased. And one of those consequences can be that, that ongoing turmoil of like, can I really call out mm-hmm. my, my child's sin when I did a lot worse? Uh, so that, that st- stood out to me mm. and it's a challenge to me. And I think to all fathers to, sure. to guard your own personal life, because it's going to make it harder to discipline your children when, when your own, uh, past is continually yeah. creeping up on you. And you you mentioned, I guess we both talked about fatherhood, but like it just reminds me, there's usually two extremes 
of men in general, but especially fathers. There's to be completely passive and disengaged in spiritual things or uh, just not wanting to have to do with anything difficult uh, at all, Uh, either like focusing on work exclusively or focusing on just uh, pleasure and, um, you know, relaxing without and being passive. There's the other extreme of being outright abusive, controlling, manipulative, and obviously what God calls us is to be heads, take responsibility, but to be gentle, to be protectors, not abusers and manipulators and, and controllers. Um, so yeah, that's just another implication that kind of, you know, what good fatherhood looks like. And of course, all of us have imperfect models of fatherhood. Some of us have downright abusive model, and some people have a difficult view of God as father because of that. But we can, we can know that we have, the, uh, because of Christ on the cross, we can have the ultimate perfect father figure in God the Father himself. Yeah. Well, I think you're already kind of answering my, my last question, oh. but a good question to, to ask anytime you, you read mm. an Old Testament passage or that you hear a, an exposition from an Old Testament passage, how, how did we get to Christ mm. from Second Samuel 13? Yeah, Kyle does a great job consistently preaching Christ from the Old Testament as, as Christ himself commanded us uh, to do. And so, well, honestly, we're, we're talking about um, the life of David. And so, I mean, I, I remember back at Bible college, there was, a, there was a guy who would preach chapel all the time, and he loved Second Samuel. But it was always, you know, leadership tips or practical life hacks from the life mm-hmm. of David, which is not what it's about. But Kyle is continually pointing us to great David's greater son, as the, the old theologians would say. Whenever we see David... Um, the, uh, either, either the glimmers of hope in David or his failures or the failures of his house, it points us to the greater David, the son of David, Jesus Christ himself, who does what uh, the, the sinful line of David could never do, die for sin, because they have the pure heart. So really there was two ways we got to David today, through the line of David, um, and that chart was really helpful, seeing the family tree, the genealogy there, the line of David. Um, and and also through that heart theme that I, I don't I would not have picked up mm-hmm. on that if, if Kyle hadn't brought it to our attention. We need somebody of a pure heart. There is no pure hearts in anywhere in this story, but we need someone with a pure heart who could be um, the substitute for sinners. The the uh, the son of David who um, rather than murder and violate others, was murdered, was violated, and bore the shame. That was so powerful. Mm-hmm. People who either uh, commit sin or they have sin done to them can feel all that shame. What, what an encouragement to know that, that we can give, through faith in Christ, we can give that shame to Jesus, and he offers to take that on himself. Yeah. What a, uh, just a, a, a wonderful thought. When you, when you go through a passage like this, and like Kyle said, there are no good characters in the story how do you get to christ from a mm-hmm. from a story where no one is good and that's the uh the the problem i think if you go all the way up to first samuel with with saying that uh you know i'm like david you know defeating my goliath if you try to uh take that same sentiment into a story like this you're gonna have a hard time uh uh, uh wanting to emulate anyone in the mm-hmm. story but that's such a great way to get to Christ because yes. it's like when no one in this story is good, Christ is, yeah. is still good. So, mm. uh, any any last thoughts about today? No, no. So, uh, yeah, like you. Anytime you see sin uh, in the Bible, you see the need for Christ. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's great. It's, it's a wonderful uh, service, and it's great to be back doing panel discussions. Yeah, yeah. Well, church, thank you for for watching our our first uh, panel discussion since uh, since March of, of last year. Um, we're going to be back next week with uh, continuing this story, Second Samuel chapter fourteen. So we'll see you then.